This is a Squiz Kids podcast. Your fresh take on what's happening in the world around you. They've been a part of Australian life for thousands of years, and believe it or not, they can be a good thing. Aboriginal elders are helping to prevent the really bad ones. This is your Squiz Kids shortcut to bushfires, the podcast where we dive into the who, what, when, where, why and how of the big news stories. I'm Amanda Bauer. And I'm Bryce Corbett. In September 2022, fire danger ratings started to change throughout Australia. Now, Bryce, I'm talking about those signs on the side of the road that have a half circle that's separated into different coloured segments and an arrow that points to the current fire danger. Oh, yes. So they are all in the process of being replaced. Uh Uh-huh. Today, we'll take you through what the new fire ratings mean, why we keep having bushfires in Australia and how Indigenous knowledge can help. Listen carefully. There's a squiz at the end. Why? Bryce, let's start with why we keep having bushfires in Australia. Okay. So the simplest answer is that Australia has always had bushfires, Mm -hmm. even before it had people. Oh. A bolt of lightning hits some dry bush and it'll start a fire. Right. And bushfires can actually be really good things. Really? Because fires have always been a fact of life in Australia, some plant species have actually evolved to need fire to propagate, which is a fancy word for breed and spread. Uh Aha! The problem, though, is that we are seeing bushfires much more often. And they're more intense and they're causing more damage. That's exactly right. And one big reason for that is climate change. Mm -hmm. You'd have to have been living under a rock not to have noticed that Australia has been getting more floods and more droughts in the last few years. Mm. And that's due to changed weather patterns, climate change. When we have drought, there's incredible dryness and dry wood and leaves burn much faster than damp material. And when there are more storms, not only do they cause rain, they also cause lightning. And one of the most common causes of bushfires are lightning strikes. And of course, when it's hotter than usual and there's a lot of wind, a fire does more damage. And when climate change causes the fire season to last longer, not only will we have more fires, but there'll be less time during the off season to prepare for fires. And it also makes it harder for us to share our experts and equipment with other countries. For example, Australia often cooperates with America and Canada, sending our firefighting equipment and experts across there for their fire season and vice versa. Mm -hmm. But that's not so easy if our fire seasons get longer and overlap. Yep, that's right. So the good news is that our governments, our local, state and federal governments, have all realised that these are big problems and they're taking action. And so are everyday people, including kids, doing their part to fight climate change, keeping their properties fire safe, even putting plants in their gardens that are fire resistant and can provide some protection. And Amanda, all around Australia, we're getting new fire danger signs. So what is that all about? What? 
just about every town in Australia has a fire danger rating sign as you drive in. And in September 2022, stickers were put onto those signs, letting communities know that they'd be changing. Mm -hmm. Now, the places where the fire season was starting first were the first to get the new simplified signs. And those signs were the result of 10 years' worth of research, right? Yeah, for something that looks so simple, an awful lot of thought and planning has gone into it. So that semicircle used to be divided into six segments. It started at green, which meant low to no danger, and it went all the way up to this red and black striped catastrophic segment. The warning that no one ever wants to see. (laughs) Absolutely. But now, of course, there are just four coloured segments. Yeah, and if there's only the teensiest, tiniest likelihood of a fire causing danger and damage, the arrow will actually just sit on the far left underneath where the colours start. Mm -hmm. So the first colour green is for moderate danger, yellow is for high fire danger, orange for extreme and red for catastrophic. The old system, which basically hadn't changed since the 1950s, was found to have been confusing for people. Yeah, so the point of these signs is to communicate how dangerous a fire would be and how much damage it would do if it started. Mm. But most people thought that the signs were actually predicting how likely it was that they'd have a fire. So... The actual fact is a fire can start on any day. The signs are communicating how dangerous the fire would be. As well as having new signs, there's also a new system that determines the fire danger using better technology to look at the local weather. Because the temperature, humidity, rainfall and wind will all affect how quickly a fire spreads. The new system also takes into account eight different kinds of vegetation, plants, in a local area because that vegetation provides the fuel for a fire to burn. And maybe most importantly, the new signs come with very clear instructions on what to do. Green means you should stay up to date and be ready to act if there's a fire. Yellow means you should be alert for fires and decide what you will do if a fire starts. It's important with yellow around to have a plan. That's right. It's always important to have a plan. Yeah. Orange means your property should be fully prepared against fire. And I'll put all kinds of resources in your episode notes to what that means. If it's not prepared, then you should leave for a safer location well before the fire gets to you. And red is the most dangerous conditions possible. You should get out and get out as quickly and as safely as possible. And Bryce, that's the most important message of the new system. Mm. You stay informed, Mm -hmm. you stay prepared, but Mm -hmm. you're ready to leave if that's what the experts advise. Now, Amanda, speaking of experts, Indigenous Australians have been managing the bush and bushfires for tens of thousands of years. How is their expertise being used? When Aboriginal people arrived in Australia tens of thousands of years ago, they learned to manage the land in a way that suited their needs. And one of their most important tools was actually low-intensity fire, which means that, yep, they lit bushfires on purpose. They did what? Well, by carefully lighting small fires and keeping them under control, they'd make way for nice, fresh green grasses and vegetation to grow back. And that attracted animals for them to hunt and eat. Uh Now, they would also use fire to protect plants that they ate or used for medicine. 
So they'd set fires to burn a clear area around mm -hmm. those plants to create what we call a fire break. Ah, yes. A fire break is basically a gap with no fuel for a fire. So if a fire does come, its flames reach the already burned area and they don't go any further. And that protects anything that's beyond the break. Yeah, and nowadays people who live in places at risk of bushfires often need to create their own fire breaks. My dad does it every year on his property. Right. And Bryce, Aboriginal people knew that those small fires that they were setting mm. also acted as fire breaks if a fire was accidentally started by lightning. Right. So they were literally fighting fires by lighting fires. Ah. And Bryce, before white settlers came to Australia, high intensity devastating catastrophic fires were incredibly rare. Nowadays, many communities are asking Indigenous people to teach them their land management practices and combining them with modern technology. Yep, that's exactly right. So there's an organisation called Fire Sticks mm -hmm. where Aboriginal experts advise communities on how to care for country using fire. Ah. And the Kimberley Land Council in WA yep. has Indigenous fire management officers who light what they call cool fires yep. in targeted areas when it's not fire season, uh -huh. so between March and July up there in WA. Yep. These fires create a kind of patchwork of burnt and unburnt country. Yeah. Now the burnt bits create those fire breaks and mm -hmm. they reduce the fuel load of any future fire. Mm -hmm. And the practice also protects mammals and reptiles and insects and birds because the animals can get away from a slow moving fire. Yeah. And then they have lots of nice new regrowth to eat once they go back again. Win-win. Now, new research conducted in Arnhem Land and published internationally says that Aboriginal cultural burning has been the most successful way to manage fire, and we should be using that knowledge all over the country. Well, anything that reduces the number of times that that arrow points to red is a pretty excellent idea in my book. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Time for the quiz. This is the part of the podcast where you get to test how well you've been listening. Question number one. What is one of the most common natural causes of bushfires? Yeah, that's right. It's lightning. Question number two. How many coloured segments are in the new fire danger rating signs? That's right. The magic number is four. Question number three. Aboriginal people have fought fire for thousands of years using what? Yeah, that's right. They've used fire to fight fire. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us as we explored the who, what, how, where, when and why of bushfires. Now get out there and have a most excellent day and a fire-safe summer. Over and out. These episodes are edited and engineered by Carter Quinn.